This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to another episode of Worth Recovery, the Worth Recovery podcast. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. Um, I'm a sex addict and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And today, the day that I'm recording this podcast and the day that I'm hopefully releasing this podcast is January 13th, 2019, which is my birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday today. I will be um, the big 43. (laughs) I don't know if that's a big one, but um, I like the number 43 because it's prime. I like prime numbers. I just think that they're fun. And uh, it's a reminder that we can be prime at several different stages in our lives, right? When we talk about the prime of life, it doesn't have to be confined to our 20s or 30s or anything like that, because I'm 43 and I feel like in a lot of ways I am hitting a prime in my life. Um, And so I'm excited to be sharing some of that with you today. Um, This is our first episode of 2019 and I'm approaching this episode with a little bit of um, fear and anxiety, I guess I would say. I feel like the last year of my life has been full of false starts when it comes to podcasting. Um, in 2018 and even before that, really since, and I've, I've shared this with you before and said this before, um, but since my mom got sick, uh, podcasting has not, I just haven't been able to reboot it on a regular basis. And I'm really sad about that. And I'm really frustrated. Um, and I'm really trying to, I think I'm just starting to really kind of understand maybe some of that those emotions or um, mental blocks or trauma reasons. I'm not exactly quite sure exactly all the details um, about maybe why I've been struggling with that so much and rebooting this regular podcast when I first started. And I still think of myself as a podcaster and I still almost daily think about episodes and I have a store of episodes that I have recorded that I haven't edited and put out there yet. Um, And yet the actual coming to the actual execution of it, of making it happen, um, I have been struggling with that. And so I approach this episode today with a little bit of uh, anxiety and fear. I feel like in some ways, maybe I have let you down (laughs) as a group because I think about you so often and I think about women in addiction, whether that's sex addiction or any type of addiction, I think about them all of the time. I can't even tell you how much. It's multiple times a day. In fact, um, in December, I, you know, had just been doing some reading and some research and had heard some other additional stories by women and some of the things that they have to put up with as a whole. And I had this like day of mourning for the women of the world. And because there is so much tragedy that women have to endure and go through. And I am tired of that. (laughs) And I don't, I know that I can't change all of it, 
But I, the whole reason I started this podcast was so that women would not feel alone in the recovery process from their own addictions. There are a lot of support groups for women who are partners or women who are um, family members of people in addiction, uh, but not so much. They're starting to grow communities for women in addiction who are recovering from their own addiction and their own trauma. Sometimes when I talk about being in recovery, people ask me like, oh, well, what are you recovering from? And I want to say life. I'm recovering from life. I'm recovering from the trauma of my childhood that set me up to have an addiction. And I'm recovering from the trauma that my parents endured um, because I think that my parents did an amazing job with what they had, but they also endured their own set of of trauma, right? And and so it's just this like generational thing. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm just recovering from life. And life has thrown me quite a number of curveballs the last oh, number of years in my life. Uh, some really great ones and some really shitty ones just to be brutal here I guess um and I feel in a lot of ways like I'm doing really great in some areas of my life and then there are things that I want to be happening that aren't happening um podcasting is one of those (laughs) that I'm working on um but just other things in my life that I want to be happening that aren't happening as I've been reflecting today particularly Um, because it's my birthday and I love my birthday. I just love birthdays in general. I love my birthday. I'm happy to be born and it's right about the time I was born and, uh, like time of day and stuff. So, um, anyway, (laughs) back to the point as I was reflecting today, you know, January is always a big month for me. December, into December and into January, the beginning of the year is always a big month for me because I am definitely one of those people who believes in, Um, setting goals and in renewal and in the idea of, I know some people don't like to call them New Year's resolutions and that's fine. You don't have to, but I believe in the idea of reflection and change, right? That we need to reflect on our lives, reflect on what we're doing, reflect on what's happening and that we need to change and we need to progress and move forward. I believe in the cycle of continual improvement that we do something, we learn from it, and it becomes feedback, and we do something else, and we learn from it, and it becomes feedback, what we learn from it, and this kind of continual improvement um, loop that we put ourselves in. And I've always done that in January. January just, you know, the end of Christmas, and, and then we come to the new year, and then my birthday, I just have always been grouped together, and it's always had this kind of renewal Uh, sense to me in the air of reflection and then laying out a path for the coming year of what exactly is going to happen. And because it's my birthday, one of the things I did today was watch some superhero movies because I'm a little bit of a science fiction nerd and uh, I really like to watch superhero movies. And one of the things, one of the ones I watched today was Star Trek Beyond, I'm so sad that they're saying that they're not going to have any more movies in the Kelvin timeline of Star Trek. See, like, I'm a little nerdy, but anyway, Star Trek Beyond. So it's the third of the new kind of reboot series, right, with Chris Pine as as Captain Kirk. And I have seen it multiple times. It's one of my favorites. 
And at the end, though, tonight, I heard a line that struck me differently um, than I had, but than I had, than it had before. And so it's like near the very end of the movie. And if you're not familiar with it, you know, it's like this captain, not Captain Kirk, but a different captain um, of a Starfleet of the Franklin, the USS Franklin Starfleet um, ship had uh, crashed, you know, a years, like a hundred or so years ago. And um, anyway, the people, the, the captain of, of that ship comes back and does all these, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but at the end, it's kind of this battle between these two captains, Captain Kirk and um, the captain of the Franklin, Crawl is his name. So they're having this like little battle of trying to not release this bioweapon and kill all millions of people, right? So, but uh, Captain Kirk says to this to this captain who is expressing how frustrated he is with the changes that have been going on in the Federation. And, um, and he was born in a time of war and he was a soldier and he fought and killed and fought and killed. And then the Federation brought peace and he had to change. And he was having a hard time changing from a soldier into a captain of peace and Anyway, Captain Kirk says to him, we change, we have to, or we spend the rest of our lives fighting the same battles. And that line struck me differently this time today than it has ever before. Um, And I feel like maybe that's because in some areas I am fighting the same battles over and over again in my life. And, uh, And so I thought about this whole concept of we change, we change we have to, we have to change or we end up fighting this. We spend the rest of our lives. He says, we spend the rest of our lives fighting the same battles. I don't know about you, but that was definitely my story when I was in addiction. And I would say my story all the way until I started serious recovery was just this continual fighting the same battle over and over and over again. And while some of that has, like a lot of that has improved, I would say most of it, you know, really has, has improved. There are some battles that I feel like I'm still fighting. And that's because I have this intimacy disorder that I have, um, where I want to connect with people, but I haven't always done that in healthy ways. And so to kind of circle back on that idea, like I want to connect with people you know, in healthy ways. And, and as I was, um, flying one of the, so this last summer I took several different trips and I was on a Delta flight and I, I hadn't been on Delta airlines for a while and they had a a new safety video and, um, I hadn't, you know, the ones before I had seen were all like themed and kind of trying to be funny, but this one wasn't really trying to be funny. Um, it was just a, a, you know, the safety video, the normal safety video. And I'm watching this video, right? And um, I was really struck by this line in the video where they say the first step of connection is departure. And then they go on and tell you about how to have a safe departure, right? But the first step of connection is departure. Isn't that the truth, right? Like you find... Sometimes I know for me, like a line, something, you know, 
a universal truth will hit me and like my whole body resonates. This is truth, right? This is truth. This is a true statement. And that was me this time around. Like my whole body resonated. The first step of connection is departure. And it got me thinking for a while, I think I have been, I have felt really disconnected um, since um, I, I feel sometimes like going back to the idea that my mom died. You guys are probably like, ah, okay, Amy, we've talked about that long enough, haven't we? Right. But it's just, I mean, it's true, right? Like my mom died and my mom was my last parent because my dad died eight years ago. So my mom and my dad die and my siblings kind of fall apart and we don't really have a family and we don't really get together and we don't really do family things anymore. Some of that is starting to heal, but for a long time, we haven't really done that. And for a long time, I feel, feel like I have felt really disconnected from myself, from the world, even um, from others, from so many things. And when I start to feel disconnected, that feeling usually drives me into to isolate kind of even more because when I'm feeling disconnected, I don't necessarily you know, want to go out and be like, oh, hey, let's connect. No, I, I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Why am I disconnected? And so I isolate myself even more, which is not necessarily, you know, a great thing about being isolated, about being disconnected, especially for me, because I always feel like an unplugged addict. Like when you're not plugged into some kind of connection somewhere, when you're unplugged, um, you're kind of like a relapse waiting to happen. I've used this analogy before with some of the uh, men and women that I coach or sponsor. Like it's, it's like when you're an addict, you're walking around and you have a plug, right? Like, uh, and you really need to plug in and connect with someone. And, and so you need to, you need to plug in and, uh, and you know, we're born with those plugs, right? Like, we're born with having to connect with someone, wanting to connect with someone. Um, at first, hopefully it's your primary caregiver. Usually that's your mother. And there's some kind of regulation that happens, right? You plug into them and there's a regulation that happens. And as you grow up, like you, you learn to self-regulate because your primary caregiver, your, you know, your parent teaches you um, how, how to do that. And a lot of times you plug into them first and then they help you to regulate your emotions and your feelings. And if, if you didn't get that, if you didn't learn how to connect that way, then, you know, you're set up to connect or disconnect in other ways, whether that's using alcohol or drugs or a substance to numb or a, you know, anything to numb, right? I think it's Brene Brown that says, I know it's Brene Brown that says, we're not necessarily addicted to something. We're addicted to taking the edge off, right? We're addicted to either numbing emotions because we never learned how to understand them or connect with them. Okay. I'm getting off the point here. Let's go back. So you're an unplugged addict. An unplugged addict is kind of a relapse waiting to happen because you need to plug in. And if you can't plug into your higher power, if you can't plug into, you know, um, a friend or something like that and connect with someone, then you're going to force that connection in somewhere else. And usually for sex addicts, that's not a healthy way to plug in. It's like connection on demand, right? I want my connection on demand. And so I force my plug, um, in somewhere to try to get some type of connection, but really, in order to connect with others, anyone, in a meaningful way, it requires a departure on my part. 
It requires me to do something different. And as I've been thinking about that all today, in this big reflection exercise I've been doing about my life, you know, I've thought about some of the things I need to depart from. Um, Some of those are thought process. Some of those are habits or addictive behavior. Some of those um, is like, maybe I need to depart from my defended position, my, you know, defended um, or camp, right? Depart from my camp. Sometimes um, what I... I believe uh, what I believe or I, my defended position is is um, has these walls up that doesn't allow me to connect with other people. Uh, maybe I need to depart from the drama triangle. Maybe I need to depart from other behaviors, um, behaviors that isolate me. Maybe I need to depart from isolation in general. Maybe there's other big departures that I need to make in my life in order to really move on and have the life that I want to be living. Um, for me, that has required a change of employment. And so I departed from one of the jobs that I've had. Um, and that just concluded a couple weeks ago. And, and so looking at these departures that I have to make in order to connect with others, I have to be willing to make these departures. And departures, guys, is a big deal. Making a departure is a big deal. Like think about it when you go on a trip and you're getting ready to depart so that you can connect on the other end, right? Um, You do a lot of preparation. You pack, you plan, you prepare, you gather information. Maybe you research, you get the thoughts and opinions of others. You think ahead about what's going to happen on the other end of what you're going to do, right? Like you think ahead about planning for a disaster or what might happen or an emergency that might happen on your way to connect or on the other side of that departure. And that's a big deal. It's a big process, you know, for those departures. Some of the departures that we have to make in our lives in order to connect with other people require that level of preparation. Especially like when we want to depart maybe from a certain behavior, right? Maybe we have an addiction or almost an addiction or just a behavior that's destructive that we don't like, right? We might need to do some research. Uh, We might need to prepare uh, those around us for this change, right? We might need to gather some information. We might need to get thoughts and opinions of others. We might need to think ahead about how others might react if we change this particular behavior. Um, I might need to really look at alternative behaviors, gain some skill sets so that I can depart in a way that is meaningful and in a way that sticks. Some departures are forced upon us maybe by circumstances or that are out of our control. Um, Sometimes the accidents of others or the actions of others require us to depart from our, our faith, our safe place and, and really have to learn new behaviors to connect with others. Some departures we do out of desperation in the heat of the moment. We make a super rash decision and we kind of make it up as we go along. I've done that before. Um, for sure, I've done that before. Uh, I walked in and quit a job once kind of on the fly. That was a big departure and I didn't really think ahead or make plans on that. And then I had to live with the consequences of that. I've also made some fun departures like that, you know, a last minute uh, road trip or things like that. Some departures we do out of desperation or in the heat of the moment, we make a rash decision and we kind of just go with the flow. I'm not sure there's a right way to make a departure. Some of the best departures in my life were made in the moment, 
Some required months of preparation to be ready to make the departure. Some I started and I got into and I got into the plane and my bag packed and then mid-flight I jumped and I was out uh, because, you know, some some things I just wasn't ready for or some things I thought I was ready for and I maybe wasn't. Some mid-flight, right, I realized that all of my preparation wasn't near adequate for what was going to be required of me in order to make that departure and I was going to have to uh, jump ship. All of, all of these departures that we make from in life, you know, really are looking ahead at some type of connection because the first step to connection is departure. And every time when I look at recovery, people ask me a lot, like, what is the goal of recovery? And the rec- goal for me of recovery is to have relationships with people the healthy relationships, renewing, fun, loving relationships with other people. That was what got me into recovery. I couldn't make that happen. I couldn't figure that out. And the more people that I talk with and I work with in recovery, I find a very similar story. Sometimes we get into recovery because we're caught or we're forced. it's forced upon us um, by outside ideas or pressure or things like that. And that, that outside external motivation will motivate us for a while to stick with recovery. But really, unless we're internally motivated to make that happen, we're just going to continue to fight these same battles over and over again. And the departure is not going to stick. And therefore, the connection on the other side is not going to stick either. So what does all this mean for you? As I've been thinking the last, you know, few weeks and really trying to nail down why podcasting has been a struggle for me, um, I've realized it's because I feel very disconnected and I feel very disconnected. I have felt, I should say, very disconnected, very disconnected from myself mostly, from kind of that inner core of what I want to be doing. And I realize a lot of that's because I've been spending most of my time doing things I don't want to be doing. Um, And some of that's out of necessity and some of that's out of fear. A lot of it's out of fear. A lot of it is out of um, comparison, right? I start comparing myself to others and I feel like I don't measure up sometimes. And it's easier rather than pursue what I want to be pursuing, it's easier to fill my time with other things. And so I come today with this new episode um, to tell you that I want to connect with you. And that's going to require some departure from me, um, some departure from the way that I've been living, some departure from some behaviors, some departure um, to really spend time my and challenge myself to spend the time to do the things that I want to be doing and not get so caught up in filling my time with other things. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe some of the things that you want to be doing, some of the things that you uh, really want, people that you want to be spending time with, connection that you want to be making, is taking a back seat to a lot of the other things that are going on in your life. I want to be more connected with you, the women out there struggling in sex addiction. Because that's my struggle. You are my people. You are my tribe. You are 
um, the people, <laughs> you are the women that keep me going. You are the women. And I know that there are men that listen too, but you are the women that I think about. You are the women that I pray about. You are the women that I love. You are the women that I look around and think to myself, you know, sometimes when I see you, wow, you are fighters. And wow, you are awesome. And you are amazing people. And I want to be more connected with you. And that's going to require me to make some departures from things in my life. And I want to make those departures. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that as you think about your life and you think about the connections that you want to be making, that you also think about the departure that that's going to take. And for some of us, that's going to take some planning in order to make that departure in a way that that it works for us. And some of us, we're just going to have to make the decision and make the departure and make it up as we go along. That's one of the things I love about Captain Kirk. He does just kind of make things up as we go along, as he goes along. And at the same time, he recognizes that we have to change, right? We have to be willing to take that action and take that step. We change, we have to, or we spend the rest of our lives fighting the same battles. And I know for a lot of you, I'm, I know I am tired of fighting the same battles and I'm confident a lot of you are as well. It's exhausting, right? And I don't know that we, I don't think we were meant to do that. I think we were meant to fight the battle and to change. But when we find ourselves fighting the same battle over and over again, we really have to look at what we are doing and what's going on inside of us. And I feel like that's what I've been doing the last year is kind of fighting that same battle over and over again. And I need to spend more time looking at what is going on for me. And that's what I've been starting to do. And so I'm excited to share that kind of new journey with you of what's been going on for me and why I have had all these false starts. So I hope today that you that that's helpful for you. <laughs> um, I hope that you're willing to join me again in this journey that we call recovery, right? Um, I hope that you're willing to kind of give me that another chance and be able to share my experiences with you. And I want to connect. So I hope that you will reach out. Um, please remember that no matter what is going on in your life today, no matter how far you think you might have gone down, no matter what has been happening for you, no matter where you're at in this very moment, you are worth recovery. You're worth the time, the effort, the departure, the connection. You're worth it all, all of it. And if you don't believe that, you can just trust me until you do. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff.
The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.